This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Pension Benefits Guarantee Corporation might be a small agency, but it has a large number of dollars and data under its stewardship. An analysis by the corporation's inspector general found the PBGC's cybersecurity program to be ineffective. That's not quite as bad as it sounds, though. Joining me with details, Inspector General Robert Westbrooks. Mr. Westbrooks, good to have you on. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. First of all, give us a little bit of a sense of how much data and money there is under PBGC, because it does back up some pretty large pensions that have failed over the past couple of decades. Absolutely. So uh, we're a little-known federal uh, corporation. We protect and guarantee the retirement security of about 37 million American workers and their families. We pay out about $5.8 billion a year in uh, pension payments to a little over 800,000 participants. So we, uh, this can be uh, participants who were a member of a single employer plan that uh, had failed and we take it over once they become insolvent, and then some union or multi-employer plans which become insolvent and then we provide financial assistance to those plans. We have about, well, we we have over uh, 3 million records of, uh, of personally identifiable information in our systems. We have about 22 FISMA systems. There's a lot of data here uh, and a lot at stake. Yeah, that sounds pretty extensive. And does the agency, does the corporation operate its own IT? Is it mostly contractor or is it all in the cloud? How does, how does it look from an architectural standpoint? I guess from an architectural standpoint, it's a combination of all those. I mean, there's some cloud capacity. It is uh, they, We run our own IT um, function, uh, the corporation does here. Um, one of the uh, top management challenges that we've identified, and I think this is, is probably common in a lot of agencies, is uh, the, the corporation is dependent on a, a large contractor workforce. Um, and so oversight of that contractor workforce is a, a, a one of the main challenges that we look at. And so you decided to look at some of the assessments that were done for the cybersecurity aspect. What are the main findings? How do they get to be rated as ineffective on cybersecurity? So the um, Federal Information Security Modernization Act requires IGs to do an annual independent assessment of uh, IT systems. And we have certain criteria every year that we're given by Office of Management and Budget. And so we look at that and we, we, we upload all IGs we, and agencies, we upload our data and there's an so- annual cycle to it. That's in um, October of every year. And then by the spring, we're required to do a evalu- our evaluation report. OMB takes all of the OIG evaluation reports, they uh, combine them and summarize them to a report to Congress. What this report that we just issued is, is analysis on the OMB report. So we took, we went to the next level and we looked at PBGC's IT security in relation to how it's performed over time, how it's performing in relation to other federal agencies, um, and then the IT uh, security environment in general to take it up to date because there's a lag time on on FISMA reporting. And so you went really... I was going to say you went beyond the score, the scorecard, in other words, to see what's behind all of that. We did, and that's critical for our role. We're a little different at PBGC because we operate with a three-member board of directors, and I report at least um, structurally to uh, to Congress and to the board. And so what we wanted to do is provide context. So our, our, our chief findings in this is that uh, PBGC has improved over the, the past several years. Um, they rate above average among federal agencies, um, but their cybersecurity pro- program is nevertheless rated as not effective. They have, and the reason that is under the criteria 
is they've consistently implemented policies, practices, and uh, procedures and strategies uh, in key areas. But what's lacking is quantitative and qualitative measures that can evaluate um, across the organization that can evaluate the effectiveness of those procedures. And that's really the next step that PBGC needs to take. We're speaking with Robert Westbrooks. He's Inspector General of the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. And are these the types of metrics and data that they could get from an effective CDM program or a continuous monitoring program, or does that really relate here? It does relate, and that's exactly you're, you're dead on. We see some bright spots with this year's um, audit work, and so with uh, um, the corporation, you know, has adopted a lot of uh, Department of Homeland Security CDMs uh, available. Uh, uh, available uh, tools. Um, and so they're now in the process of implementing them throughout the organization. And one of the challenges, I think, in any organization is that the the IT function really relies upon the business units uh, to monitor and control uh, or to monitor certain activities. And that's what we're looking for. The next level of maturity here is for these, these tools to be implemented uh, broadly throughout the organization. Yeah, these cover identity, protection, detection, response, and recovery. And I guess if you don't have good detection, then it's pretty hard to have good response and therefore good recovery. So they seem to cascade on one another. They absolutely do. They absolutely, they're absolutely linked. And so, you know, the, the critical functions within the FISMA system, and this goes tied directly to the cybersecurity framework, you need to identify, protect, detect, um, respond, and recover. Those are the five functions that we evaluate upon, and they all do cascade upon each other. And what have you recommended specifically that the IT staff do? We focus a lot of energy and attention in the data protection area. Um, and we feel a special obligation not only with the amount of PII or personal information that uh, the corporation holds and is entrusted with, but the corporation has legacy systems that they're dealing with and a large number of them. Um, and we've got a special population with our nation's pensioners, right? And so we uh, we provide a, a lot of oversight in that area in particular, and we will we will continue in the future. And what sorts of interdependencies does PBGC have with, say, other agencies, if there are any, like the railroad, like the railroad retirement board, or something like that? No, no uh, interdependencies with the railroad retirement board. Where uh, our relationship is with the Department of Labor, where under the law we were uh, created in 1974 under the. Uh, uh, the Employee uh, Retirement Security Act, uh, Income Security Act. And so uh, we're a corporation under the Department of Labor. And so our board, the chair of our board is the Secretary of Labor and the other board members are the Secretary of Commerce and Treasury. Interesting. I guess it's one of those things you learn something new every week. <laughs> I've heard of the corporation, but never knew of that particular corporate setup for it. And you made some recommendations, and what was the reaction? They pretty much say, yeah, we got to get to this. We have um, enjoyed in the last several years a, a very constructive, positive relationship with management. Our, our mantra is independent, positive engagement. And so we spend a lot of time and energy in, um, in audit follow-up. And so if there are questions about recommendations, we, uh, we try to clarify those to the extent we can to give further guidance. So, um, uh, you know, that's a, a bright spot that, I, that I'd have to say, uh, and the corporation here uh, through today is we have a, a, a very positive relationship and we haven't had an issue with recommendations not being accepted. And those include the, the very difficult ones 
part of our work involves uh, vulnerability and uh, penetration testing, and there's some very technical recommendations that come out of that, and management's been receptive to, uh, to I think, all of our work. Yeah, you report that of the 48 open IT audit recommendations, management has submitted closure packages for 39 of them. They all have to be audited and reviewed, but they are seems like they're getting on top of it. They are. And I will say with that, just to qualify, and this is very important, is um, uh, our office, we are uh, hard graders. And so, um, and we make no apologies for that. And that's in both uh, our audit work and in our audit follow-up work and looking at audit recommendation packages. So um, we provide a a lot of scrutiny to the um, audit artifacts that get submitted by management to demonstrate that they've taken corrective action. So, you know, in any given year, between 20 and 30 percent of those recommendation packages that we get, the closure packages, we reject as being insufficient. A lot of time, it's just because there hasn't been sufficient cycle time for us to see that this new procedure, for example, that they may have put in place is is actually working as intended. So um, we provide a lot of attention on the audit follow-up area. Robert Westbrooks is Inspector General of the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. Hi, I'm Jean Chatsky, and I'm the co-host of Everyday Wealth, a podcast presented by Edelman Financial Engines. On each episode, experienced wealth planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other experts join in to discuss the financial decisions that shape your life and explore what wealth really means. Because wealth isn't just a number, it's your values, your goals, the dreams you want to achieve with your money. We talk about what's happening in the markets, tax-efficient investing, how to reach your retirement goals, and so much more. So tune in. New episodes premiere each weekend. If you have a question for us to address on the program, you can send it to everydaywealth.com, and you can find Everyday Wealth wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review, because we we love hearing what you think. Ms. Chotsky is not an employee or a client of EFE. She receives fixed cash compensation for acting as host of Everyday Wealth and has an incentive to endorse EFE and its planners.